0: This episode of Harmonious Gentlemen is brought to you by Blind Men Brewing, makers of craft beer in central Alberta. Say hi to Hans. Yeah.
1: Harmonious Gentlemen.
2: Well, if podcast episodes were the number of arguments the average family had around the dinner table in a year, you'd know this had to be episode 57 of the Harmonious Gentlemen. He's Tyler. That's true. (laughs) And that's Graham. And you're Chris. Hey, I thought I'd just switch how we introduced Yeah, that was cool. I almost want to redo the whole thing. You guys picked it up pretty quick. 57 for the year. In a year.
3: Was that clear? Yes, it was. But I'm feeling really guilty. Do you think you're more or less than that? My family growing up was more than that, for sure. Currently, I don't... I think it's...
4: Yeah. Tyler, you yell a lot. What do you think? (laughs) Uh... Yeah, but
2: is is one person yelling an argument? Yeah, uh, I guess it depends. How I, you I think that number's pretty high. I think maybe but. it's like way lower when your kids are young, but when they're teenagers, like I don't think we had arguments till I was sixteen in my house, and then we were probably way above average. Like nightly dinner time arguments. I don't know. That's kind of what the yeah.
3: article I read said. Yeah. So, knowing you and your demeanor, I find that hard to believe that you would argue with anyone. I was kind of a jerk from like sixteen and a half to seventeen and a half. <laughs> I really raised the average. Tyler, um we can get to our episode in a second, but I've just I've lost sleep over this. Uh you said you're gonna get an alarm clock last time. You committed to it. Yeah. And your lifestyle was gonna change, you're gonna be a better person. You look good today, that's good. But yeah, I'm well did you rested. A, yeah.
4: Um well let's just clarify. We committed to try. Yeah. Right. Okay. No, yeah. and I actually listened to our last episode on well, today is Sunday. I listened to ours yesterday morning and heard my commitment Mm. to buying an alarm clock so that I could put my phone away from my bedside table. So I went out yesterday afternoon. So you rushed out. (laughs) I rushed out and I bought um, an alarm clock from a thrift store. And the only, uh, so I've used it once and successfully, but when I was setting the alarm, you know how you push the buttons to adjust the time and it's like yeah, and I just got such nostalgia, or yeah. like such a memory, a flashback of doing that at hotels, or even
2: is it up. like it a digital awesome. red display, or yeah. is it the kind where the numbers flip over on the cards?
4: No, it's. Um, I was in a bit of a time restriction. Oh, okay, to, so I wasn't pun it's too picky. Windy. What's that? I
3: said pun intended, but maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And well,
4: you had a good one before too. Did I? About uh, losing sleep over it. That's right. But anyways. Yeah. Um and is
3: it set to
2: a radio station or Yeah, so oh, that was nice. kind of fun
4: too to wake up to radio. My wife didn't appreciate it, but anyways, I I is, I did it.
3: This is why people tune in, I think. I I think to the so. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you committed, you did it. Yeah. Did you feel guilty that you hadn't done it yet? Like is that No. The,
4: like you sort of feel oh. like like that's the doing like and saying it on the podcast gets it done. Like a little pressure because right? you know you're gonna to have to. They're gonna ask. Be me held that. to account. Okay, can I can I commit to try
3: something? I love it. Yeah, because yeah. that's how to get go. stuff done. So I have a life insurance policy. <laughs> that. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> why is that funny? I don't know where you're, you're. Just thinking about where you're gonna go with it. That's funny.
3: <laughs> that my um. I think my grandma started when I was born, and um. Through London Life. Okay. okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm gonna commit because it's so okay. If I die, that money goes to my mom. Oh. Whom I love, but it really should go to my wife of twelve
2: years. Yeah, so I think ten years is the cutoff for that. Yeah. So <laughs> I
3: need—I've been meaning to do this for
2: for twelve years, <laughs> or two.
3: It's just that phone call that you have to make. It's not a tough phone call. I just put it off and put it off. And now it's become yeah. um, an animal. So I need to put this animal down. So my commitment is that it's going to happen.
2: Okay. But is it like you're—you have to face your own demise, and that's why you don't want to make the call? Or I, honestly, do you
3: have those things that you?
2: you uh, should do but oh, there's no yeah. reason why you're not doing <laughs> sure, it that's sure. what this
3: is okay. there's no reason which is why it's perfect for the podcast okay okay mark it down all right
2: mark it marked <laughs>
3: okay let's get to our uh, <laughs> recommendations we uh, have a guest with us mm-hmm. today whom we're all very excited to talk to yeah him, and we'll introduce her uh maybe soon yeah Does that sound good
2: yeah I mean, there's always
3: a title, so people know who it is,
2: right, yeah. at this point? Yeah, it's less of a surprise, unless you just push play, yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, whoa. Anyways, maybe... How maybe, did they get her on the podcast? <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> maybe Melanie can start the next segment. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Get this train on the tracks.
5: This segment is proudly supported by cilantro and chive. The harmonious gentlemen highly recommend their fresh, simple eats and their passion for making their community a more harmonious place. So I do have a recommendation. Last night I went out to uh, see the fiancé at the Citadel in Edmonton and it was so good to be back at live theatre again. Uh, just You know, the crowd, the interaction with the actors. And they did a fabulous job. It was just Light-hearted, so funny yeah. and just a good time.
2: Yeah. Awesome. Citadel's awesome. right downtown. Yeah. Yeah. It's called, it's called the fiance.
5: It's called the fiance. Yeah. 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 It was fabulous. It was, yeah, lots of little subplots and things happening. So yeah, oh. very fun.
2: And like a full crowd. Did it feel like normal? Yeah, it, it was almost? full yeah. crowd. Okay. Awesome. So that was
5: good. I, I I did go to the world cup, Mexico. Me too. Not in the Mexico, sorry. Uh, Costa, Rica. Costa Rica. You did. Uh, yeah. Costa Rica versus Canada. It was good to be there too. But that, that was, was 50,000 people. people.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. How was the game?
5: It was good. Was it, good? Was, it was less cold than I thought it would yeah. be. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Very entertaining. Yeah. I'm not jealous. <laughs> Chris. You can still go to Mexico on Tuesday. <laughs> I'm going to recommend a little show on Disney Plus called Olaf Presents, The Little Snowman from um, Frozen does these little one-minute shorts where he sums up like Disney movies through song and dance. And if you like his little humor, I don't really love the movie Frozen, but his part in it is hilarious. And so he'll, I think the first one we watched was The Little Mermaid. And in one minute, he sings and dances his way through the plot of The Little Mermaid. And it's really funny. I think he does five different Disney movies. So if you just need a little pick-me-up laugh, check out Olaf Presents on Disney+. Plus. No. Not
3: that this really matters. Were you watching it on your own or did you have sort of no, family with I you? No, I was with my family. Okay.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's a good <laughs> follow-up question though. Cool. Nice one. My recommendation is a podcast and I feel like I've had a few podcast recommendations lately. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that's doing to our listenership, but hopefully as long as you Driving come back away, to us probably. after checking these out, okay. I'll keep doing it. Um, I'm going to recommend Canada Land. Um, I think they've they they produce a few different shows, but I just looked up Canada Land and Shortcuts are the episodes I I especially like. Um it's media criticism, news analysis, kind of uh investi- investigative journalism stuff. I keep cool. seeing
2: it on things, but yeah, I've never listened to yeah, it. Yeah, it's
4: interesting. It's just like an alternative alternative news source. Huh. Talk about current events and
3: nice. yeah. Is it produced under like a podcast banner or group or just its own thing? No, I think think it's
4: like a crowdfunded thing. Oh, nice. Yeah, it seems pretty cool. So check it out. Um, I think I said to Krista the other day, I feel like if we were strictly a current events and political news podcast, that would be like like us. Like Mm -hmm. it's similar to us, I think.
3: But Uh, it's already out there, so we'll keep doing our... Yeah, we'll keep doing whatever we're doing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My recommendation is um, a location. Uh, in fact, it's the location where we're sitting right now. If you can't tell by the uh, background noise, we are at Blind Man Brewing Tap Room um, meeting our guests here today. And we've recommended this place before, but since we're sitting here, I'll just remind you that it's an awesome place to come and have a, have a pint, have a conversation, talk to Hans or anyone else who works here who's all wonderful. They were so accommodating to us. They had a table, they kicked some people off of our table did for they? us. Really? They did. I got here yeah. a little
2: late. Wow, that's cool. It was really cool. Don't know you if they flashed the harmonious gentleman sticker yeah. and they just were like, Oh,
3: set up. Yeah, so nice. we thank them once again for you know sponsoring us but also giving us this space. And so, check out the taproom in the comb, yeah,
4: it's awesome and making great beer. Mm-hmm. We're having the
3: Cali really Cali beer.
4: Common right now, mm-hmm. it's good, it's anything but common, right? <laughs> Tyler,
3: who are we talking to today?
4: Well, we have. Doctor Melanie Humphreys, yes, on the podcast, and I'll I'll do a proper introduction maybe after a little jingle.
3: All right, here it
4: comes. I got a little
2: goosebumpy at the doctor part.
5: <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, me too.
4: <laughs> Our guest is in her eighth year as president and CEO of the King's University in Edmonton, Alberta. She's led King's through a number of changes, including, but not limited to, founding a business school, an institutional name change, a strategic plan with the vision of becoming widely known as a Christian university, serving to build a more humane, just, and sustainable world. She loves world travel and enjoys a blind man pint almost as much as we do. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Melanie Humphries.
5: Thanks. (laughs) thanks <laughs> well, it's true I do really like blind man Brier so yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah that
2: was the condition of the podcast yes, we had to yeah, yeah. Here. Exactly. Yeah.
5: come come here yeah, yeah.
2: well
1: thanks
5: awesome.
2: for making your way to Lacombe um, we really appreciate you being here you're here on a Sunday afternoon probably needing to go back to work tomorrow what do you want to talk about today <laughs>
5: <laughs> it was a nice little drive through okay. the country yeah. <laughs> countryside yeah. yeah you know I've been thinking a lot about belonging recently so i mean a lot of the things that we are dealing with it seems to be that we're getting further and further apart Mm, as as people um so whether that's uh you know in our communities in our families we started the podcast off talking about things we argued about (laughs) right so like how how do we how do we bring that together more from fractures back to wholeness in in that sense? So I, I think about that as families, as community, as society, as a university. How do I, you know, how do we do that well? Mm-hmm. And I guess those are questions that I don't know. It just seemed to plague us mm-hmm. over and over again as a society. So
2: mm-hmm.
5: that's what I've been dwelling on recently.
2: I kind of have a follow up question to that. So as a unit. A- president of a university do you feel that university can drive changes like that or is it a reflection of what's already happening in society what what's the culture like at kings
5: that's a good question i I think it's a both and uh because we all bring whoever we are to a place Mm -hmm. and so our students come from all over the place they come from all different families and backgrounds and uh, the student body has become very diversified Mm -hmm. Um, and actually this is something that we we're addressing right now um so the student body has diversified really quickly but the faculty and staff don't diversify Mm -hmm. as quickly so some of our students have asked us questions like why don't i see myself represented in the faculty well a faculty member can be there for 30 40 years right it, they have yeah. tenure um, so how do you how do you do that how do you help people see themselves in their education in their professors and and feel safe and welcome and and have a sense of belonging at the institution so that's it's a hard that's a hard thing to navigate has this been something that
3: you've thought about more and more during the eight years that you've been there? Or has this always been kind of part of what's on your heart as a, as a leader, this idea of belonging? Is that something you've noticed more and more in, in, that you need to
5: focus on? Yes, I think it's been, well, more and more, but it's been a constant, really. So reflecting back over my presidency, I, I, from the very start, there were, there were things that um, really needed to address in terms of the other, right? Okay. So, for example like very fresh president didn't know much about the story, but within a year of coming to Kings was writing a letter that admitted Omar Cotter to Kings. Um, and so that is a very, very long story and that's a very divided conversation for our community, Mm
1: -hmm.
5: but it is one that is, uh, full of hope because, uh, we were able to, as a community, come alongside an individual, help him achieve some of his educational goals in a way that really reflected the mission and the vision of the university. And I'm super proud of King's community for the way they, they did that and responded and the students and how they came around Yeah, um, Omar. And yeah, that was an amazing thing to be a part of. Um, but... Subsequently, many other things, too. So and, uh, another major thing that I navigated um, in 2018, we adopted a statement on inclusion, which was another big yeah, right. issue. So if you know King's history, in 1999, 1991, sorry, we released Delvin Breend mm-hmm. as lab instructor because he was gay. And so you've got these two really different stories of human rights within yeah. this small institution. Yeah. So in one end, we, we admit Omar Khadr, and in the other end, we discriminate against somebody who's gay. And so coming to King's, there was a long process of working through some of that with faculty and staff and coming to a place where we said, no, everyone is welcome.
1: Yeah.
5: And how do we do that? And then how do you work with your constituents on that? Because yeah. everybody's in a different place. Um, so quite proud of the work that the university has done over the years, but it's not been an easy, not been an easy at all. Yeah,
4: Could, I'm curious about the, the difficulties of that journey. Like what you said, it's, and it, it, I mean, it's not surprising to hear that it hasn't been easy, but what's an example of, of something that made it tricky? Like, do people not agree that, belonging is important and inclusion is important or
5: yeah maybe maybe belonging for my kid or my students important but but it's it's sometimes harder to open open ourselves up to a broader sense of who's coming to kings so kings was founded by the christian reform community which is which is a fabulous community um but now Kings is a lot more diverse mm-hmm. um, and so, what does that look like to welcome in other traditions, other individuals, people who don 't look like the Dutch community or yeah. or um, or maybe don't even believe the same things right um, that's that's a hard place to be, and then walking with those communities to help them understand why we 're making the decisions that we are. Um, the year after, um, producing the statement on inclusion, which was a fabulous story. Um, so this is a contentious conversation, even within Kings, like Mm -hmm. where do you stand on, on issues? And so what we did was we had everybody do a word sort. So we had these little bags of, of words that might be in a statement on inclusion. And we had people at, at little, little uh tables and we said okay what belongs in a statement Mm -hmm. on inclusion okay this word does what doesn't so no Mm -hmm. and then what are words that are contended that we just don't know and then after everybody agreed on their at their table about the yes words we put all the other ones aside and then said create a statement on inclusion out of those words we then took those and put them up on poster (laughs) boards around around the room and amazing you walk around the room and, wow, those statements on inclusion sound a lot alike. They, they have a lot of similar themes. I then did that with the board because right. our faculty and staff were like, oh, the board won't be the same place as us. No. <laughs> yeah. Right? And so we had the, fa- the board do the same thing. And then I mixed the staff and faculty statements in with the board statements mm. and had them go around the room again. And guess what? They were pretty similar. Yeah. And then we took the time to really craft the statement. So a Christian university is different than a Christian church. Yeah. And, right. and if you, if you want to get all theological about it, it's that idea of sphere sovereignty. Mm-hmm. Right. So I am not about to go into a church and tell them what they should believe.
1: Yeah.
5: A university, there is a pedagogy. There is, there's how you do things. There's how you welcome people into that space. It's, It's how you help the learner be safe um, in order Mm -hmm. to engage and become and flourish and be all they are meant to be. Right. So there are two different purposed institutions, Mm -hmm. but sometimes we get hooked on, no, it has to look like the way I understand the world to be, right? Right.
2: Um, Tyler and I have both taught social 30 at the high school level. And two of the case studies that we talk about when we're doing the charter of rights and freedoms is come from King's college's history. Right. So that's kind of amazing, but I'm listening to another podcast about, um, the rise and fall of Mars Hill. And one of the leaders there kind of talks about like collateral damage. If you're a leader sort of like there's going to be his phrase is like people behind the bus. And it's like, you're okay with that. How does that play into decisions you make? Like, there's going to be collateral damage or potential fallout, or maybe supporters aren't going to like your definition of inclusion. How do you weigh all that?
5: Yeah, that, that was, uh, that was a really hard conversation. I remember having that conversation at the board and, uh, the board voted unanimously for the state of statement on Mm -hmm. inclusion, but that was after a hard conversation about, you know, there might not be everybody with us.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
5: And remarkably, the majority, more than the majority, uh, stayed. There was one major donor who didn't, hmm. um, and I'm, I continue to be in conversations with that donor. I was just, I was just, I just had a meeting a couple weeks ago with um, the executive director of their foundation, and uh, I just continue. My, my my dad had this funny saying, you know she uh, she uh, was a rebel and drew a circle that closed us out. But I love and I had a wit to win. We drew a circle that took her in. Right. Mm -hmm. I just keep Mm -hmm. on reaching out and saying, this is who we are. This is why join us in our mission.
2: Yeah.
5: Um, and there's, there's not going to be everybody who join you there. So you have to be okay with that.
2: Sure. I love that you're inviting and not running people over with your bus though. That's good. (laughs) Maybe we'll just do a,
3: a brief pause. For uh, a drink. Thanks so, so much so far, though. It's been wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm.
4: So I haven't even mentioned this yet, but I'm a King's alumnus. Is that the right word? Or alumni? alumni? Alumnus. I'm alumna. Um I love my time at Kings and one of the things that I loved about it was the just the the vibe of justice seeking was just a big um piece of it. You mentioned Omar Cotter already. I remember that um was kind of at its early stages. He wasn't a, a student there when I was there, but the whole court case and uh and all that was happening kind of right before my eyes and I loved that Kings was open to having that conversation. Um and then you've also mentioned some other things just of King's history. And it sounds like your your story has involved a lot of reconciling with the past. So we talked about Delwyn Vreened, him being let go. Um, you say that was like 20 years ago? Or?
5: A little bit more than that. More than 30, so 1991 yeah. he was released, but, but uh, oh, I think it was... 2018 or 2019 was the 20th anniversary right. of the Supreme Court case. Right. So mm-hmm. it was Green versus Alberta. Yeah. Because there was no protections for sexual minorities in the law at that point in Alberta, yeah. um, and so. It, it wasn't ever a case against King's, uh, but it was a case against the province of Alberta that went all the way to the Supreme Court yeah. um, and then really set sexual minority rights across Canada, um, which needed to happen. But yeah. it, was a, it was hard to be the place where that started. Or, yeah, so but King's didn't it.
4: actually do, according to the existing laws at the time, didn't do anything wrong. But according to,
3: no. But <laughs> <like> ethically, ethically, <laughs> like, yeah, right. Yeah,
5: how do you treat people? <laughs>
3: yeah, sure. And that was just the story of a of a guy who was gay, and it was found out by the university. Or-
5: well, and and people at the university knew he was gay for quite some time however it it at that time came to more of the leadership and and the boards and they felt pressure um from the community and so responded to that pressure and and really the community at that time from i wasn't here then either was uh, from all i have come to know of it was very broken about that decision very divided on that decision and that hurt was still very evident when i came to kings like it Mm. hadn't been dealt with
4: yeah many 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 years many
5: years like i I came in 2013
4: yeah so so what does reconciliation look like now for that
5: yeah good question i i don't think we've arrived like please don't get any (laughs) pretend pretend to feel that way but um I feel that we continue to live into that story and continue to pursue justice things um, and, and ways to live into better, better relationship with everyone. Um, so for example, uh, again, at the beginning of my presidency, we had the Uh, the privilege of attending the truth and reconciliation commission in Edmonton on residential schools. And we canceled classes for two full days and had students, just all faculty staff, all just go down to the convention center and listen to stories of residential school survivors, which were painful and hard and exhausting and good. Um, so, King's was able to, uh, as a president, I was able to stand there and give this expression of reconciliation, um, which was an amazing privilege. Uh, so, things like that continue to mm-hmm. to uh, no. be acted on. We, we continue to learn how to live better together. Uh, we're not by any means <laughs> arrived. Yeah. So, for example... In response to George Floyd's death, um, we, uh, I had given initially um, just a statement on racial injustice uh, because I felt like I needed to respond, so I responded immediately within the day. And it wasn't something nice and processed or anything. Usually our faculty like to weigh in on absolutely everything and every word, but I was, I was like, no, this just needs to be said, and it needs to be said right now. So, um, but the commitment that came out of that um, needed to be, how do we review everything we do at King's to make sure that we're not perpetrating systemic injustice? Mm. Yeah. And so this last year, we, I initiated um, an equity, diversity, and an inclusion task force, and we reviewed all our policies, our procedures. Um, we had an EDI consultant to help us, guide us through that. Um, we're looking at what our statements need to be more formally as an institution uh, and how we take some bigger steps. Uh, but it's such a slow process. Institutional change takes such a yeah. long time. Yeah. And, and the pent-up need is for it to all happen right now, right? Or you're yeah. not doing anything. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's that's our goal.
2: So you're not afraid of a fight. You're not afraid of those issues do you feel like as an institution does kings kind of take on the next cause like hey we saw success with that hearts and minds changed. there was like some redemption or justice that was found as a institution so what's what's the next thing that we need to to speak up on or is it more Messy than that.
5: Uh, it's a lot more messy than that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that we go looking for a fight. Yeah. Uh, but but I don't think maybe, you can maybe, avoid them yeah, these like you're days. You're less
2: afraid to not, like, we need to speak up on this. Yeah. And we know. You,
5: you know, I, I think Kings, when we started down the road of statement on inclusion, we started off with having... Just conversations about okay, these are the things we really disagree about. How do we disagree well? Mm, right. <laughs> and um, do we always do that well? No, but but how do we have difficult conversations? And that's one of the reasons why I love your podcast. Like this idea of can we have these conversations without <laughs> it devolving into something that is horrific? Like how do we see the other? How do we how do we how do we yeah. see that? You know, you have just the same needs for security, for 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 love, for being able to make your way in the world, for being recognized as a person with gifts, for, you know, all of the things that make us human. We're so bad at, we categorize people, you know, I don't know if that's, I mean, there's probably yeah. ways you can look at that scientifically and mm-hmm. we, we kind of just mentally just go, okay, you're over there. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just wrong. Yeah. And so, how do we uh, counteract that?
3: Hmm. When you mentioned that exercise that you that you did with the people's uh, statements on inclusion around the room, and I just I was thinking about that. That must relate to basically everything. You could get a group of people together who don't agree on stuff. Five people in a room, five different than,
5: p- opinions. Yeah, <laughs> yes. But I think
3: at the end of the day, you'd be a lot closer than you would ever think mm-hmm. on on most things. That makes sense.
2: Yeah, I was wondering about that too. Like, do you think everybody is represented in? Um when you're doing something like that, or are some people like so polarized, they won't even come to the table.
5: Yeah, that's a good question. We tried very hard to do that with a, a really non-threatening exercise. Like let's do a word sort. (laughs) That's, that's very Uh, non-threatening, right? Because you also have a lot of different power, so we can talk about power and privilege. Uh, we um, we have power dynamics within Kings too, as well. We have some people who are, you know, faculty who have been trained to argue. I mean, this <laughs> yeah. is what they do, right? And then and then we have you know staff and we have students. And so how do how do you all respect the power and privilege around mm-hmm. the room and make sure everybody has the opportunity to say what they need to say and engage in good ways with each other and and actually see each other as people who have something to contribute Mm -hmm. so yeah i don't know if i like the the conversation that immediately jumps to mind that that we can't navigate as a society right now is the vaccination not unvaccination Mm -hmm. like i have people in my my friend group that we we can't have that conversation
3: yeah we actually recently had a a little chat with some friends i thought was pretty decent about that topic it, we weren't yeah. totally different in our opinions, but there was a little yeah. tension, and I,
4: I still felt weird yeah. about it afterwards. No, but. one thing I said in that—sorry, we won't talk too long no. about a conversation that happened a few days ago. But one thing I said during that conversation was, "I need to talk to more people who think along those lines." Yeah, mm-hmm. um, because I just don't have enough of those experiences to like build help me understand. The empathy. Right? Yeah. So. when I
3: have the issue where I hear, I hear the craziest stuff. And I sort of lump everyone in that one category. Like I lump anyone who's skeptical into the whole whatever. And that's not fair and it's not accurate. And that's what this conversation was an example of. It was like mm-hmm. pretty reasonable discussion. And I think I did say... In our last podcast to get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I'll stick by that. I laughed at that part. <laughs> yeah.
5: Uh, yeah. I've yeah. been. PSA. Yeah. Yes, PSA. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've been multiple vaccinated from traveling all over the place. Oh, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> 57 yeah. countries. Whoa. Wow. wow. So, yeah.
3: That's impressive. It's awesome. How fast can you name them all? Maybe we don't oh, have time no, for that. Yeah.
5: But <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I could name the continents I haven't been to yet. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe after the break, we'll do that. Maybe. Yeah.
1: Let's do <laughs> it. Nice.
2: question i'm thinking about is um not knowing your clientele totally but um maybe making the assumption that some people are sending students to kings because it's a christian university and there's kind of a history there of maybe my child will be sheltered a little bit um with people that they're similar to in their beliefs or their backgrounds uh, and then they're coming to a an institution that's tackling these problems head on is that have you faced kind of any blowback from that or surprised parents or
5: you know that's that's a super good question because i think that does happen um and kings is is 100% 110% whatever um a christian university but that means we teach from an understanding of of the faith mm-hmm. uh and it is You know, universities, it's hard because some people send their kids, like, save my kid. Yeah. Some, some are wanting them to spread their wings a little bit. Some, some are saying, oh, I need to be as far away from mom and dad as possible. So you get that, that element too. Uh, I Mm think, I think university is a place for, for students to start figuring out what they believe outside of, Mm -hmm. outside of what mom and dad have always presented to them and kings is a safe place for that kind of exploration um it is a place that you know students come even they say the majority of students come are christians but there's also students who come that are not christians there's students who come that are muslim there are students who come that are are of other faiths Mm -hmm. um and they find respect there respect for faith and that their questions are engaged well yeah so how do you hold we're not we're not afraid of the gospel of Christ. Like how do you hold that open as as a hopeful vision for how we are supposed to be together? Like Christ was inclusive.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like for <laughs> no, his time no you kidding. read the,
5: read the scripture, right? Yeah. Like Christ was inclusive. So how do we how do we then engage that and help our 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 students own that, what their faith is, what it means to them, and what does that mean for life and how mm-hmm. they're going to engage with people outside of their family unit. Does that make sense?
4: Yep. Yeah. I think King's, as a Christian university, is different from other Christian universities. Would you... Would you say that's true?
5: You or? know, I've been my entire career in Christian higher education, and I would say yes, that yeah. is true um, in, a, in, in a number of different ways. Um, maybe so, tell me, tell me well, how had, you experienced it as a student. I can tell you how I hope it to be as a president, yeah. but what yeah, was it for that's you? Okay, cool.
4: yeah. I, had, I had one. Um, you mentioned being founded or like the CRC being part of the Roots of Kings, and I remember going to a Kings hockey game when I was a student there.
5: I wish we had hockey still. (laughs) Yeah,
4: it was awesome. But like, I remember in the, in the stands, a chant, C-R-C, (laughs) C-R-C. And like, it's embarrassing now, kind of, (laughs) but that was such like a, a big part of the identity or, or whatever. And, but despite that, my experience at King's was a lot of what you're, you're, you're describing of, of inclusive and seeking justice, but um early in the on the road i guess on the journey like it's it sounds like it's changed a lot since i was there Um, yeah
5: i'd even say it's changed over the time of my presidency like uh, it'd be it'd be really interesting for you to come back and walk the halls
4: yeah i almost did on saturday oh yeah i was in edmonton i Really uh, that'd be to.
5: cool. Please come by. Yeah.
4: Hey, you have to invite. show your vaccination
5: passport so but you're you're good. <laughs> yeah,
4: okay. Is Tyler um, good? No, He's kind well, of an anti vaxxer, but he'll maybe get it for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um But having like knowing that that King's is a, still has that Christian university label, um do you have and I mean this is a rhetorical question maybe, but do you get um do you have stakeholders who Are pulling you one direction, and other stakeholders pulling you in another direction, um, based on what their interpretation of Christian University is.
5: Always, I'd say that both, um, both Christian stakeholders' perspectives of us, and then also uh, secular uh, perspectives of us, uh, because we don't exist in a vacuum. Um, You know, I sit at provincial and. And associations that are federal level, and trying to figure out how to represent Kings well in in all of those spaces, yeah. uh, and 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 really, quite often, it's helping people come to know who Kings is uh, in in a way that's not just a whole bunch of you know, like I'm going to uh, just project on you what I think Christian is, mm-hmm. uh, and and that can be either. Um, from the christian community or from secular community Mm -hmm. as well like Mm -hmm. how how do you do that
3: (laughs) yeah i guess when you mentioned earlier your statement on inclusion how i think tyler mentioned you knew of a church that sort of stopped supporting kings because of that statement like you're aware like you're obviously aware that's going to happen Mm -hmm. but do you ever have more affirming churches like come alongside you after things like that do you notice the other the opposite happening
5: yeah, you know, we did, when we published our statement on inclusion, we did lose a few donors, not a massive amount of them, but, but we also gained some donors too as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd say for those that we lost, there is a grieving that sure. is there, you yeah. know, because they, I, I really don't think they understand what the statement inclusion is about or yeah. to the extent that we understand what Christian mission is about and who christ is about right so it's but it's a difficult it's a difficult conversation i know that churches are having and it's divided churches in a number of different denominations so uh, it's 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 not a it's not something we're going to solve but but it it, we can continue to hold that that hand of fellowship out
2: yeah this is probably work that is never finished not probably it is work that's never finished but I don't know how long the tenure of a president is at a university, (laughs) but at some point when you move on to something else or retire or whatever you're going to do next, what would you say you'd want to have kind of, what would be your big footprint or um, imprint that you've left Kings?
5: Wow. That's a big question. I, you know, a lot of presidents they get to their end of their time. They start thinking about legacy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was interesting. Um, you know, ref- i was not thinking at that point yet. So I'm into my eighth, almost ninth year. Um, the average, just this is a little factoid for you. Yeah. The, the average presidency in 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 Alberta is four and a half years. Okay. <laughs> hmm. So actually, there are two presidents in the 26 accredited uh, publicly post-secondary institutions in Alberta. And there's two presidents that are retiring this year. And I will be the longest standing president of all 26 post-secondary institutions in Alberta. So it's kind of crazy. I'm not quite thinking of legacy right now. But I am reflecting a little bit about the consistency in which I've had to address issues of belonging Hmm. and connection and it keeps coming up. It just keeps on coming up. And uh, Hmm. actually, I really think it's, it's uh, faith affirming. And it's also the university's mission affirming because if we weren't on the cusp of these things, we, I wouldn't be addressing them. I'd be just, we'd just be off in our corner doing something, but no, we want to be on that edge of Hmm. speaking into culture and engaging culture and, and actually, being relevant in what our students are engaged with and are thinking about and, and preparing them well for what they're going to face when they graduate.
2: That's really cool.
3: So on our podcast, we often talk about trying to have harmonious conversations. Um, I'm kind of in awe of what it sounds like your ability to facilitate these kinds of, uh, conversations and discussions. And, um, it's a skill set that you obviously have and you've, I can assume you've gotten better over the years, uh, in these situations. Just talk about that. Talk about your experiences in getting better at, at facilitating, getting better at moderating, starting the conversations. How has that happened for you?
5: You know, that, that's a very good question and it's it's something that definitely takes a lot of practice (laughs) but i immediately my mind cast back to i lived in lithuania for 10 years and um some of the the intercultural stuff like i see this play out all the time in conversations that i see happening even in in some of uh What we've experienced recently on the black and white uh, race conversations um, following George Floyd's death Um, and some of it for me, I, I think of two stories and we'll go back even further from from Lithuania go back to I lived in Austria for a year and a half and worked with refugees and I remember being at a at an airport with uh, a refugee and and the the folks that I was I was working with, and we were picking up some someone I can't remember what this it was a long time ago. I can't remember what the issue was. but as a naive you know person, i I just said out loud to my refugee friend, "Wow, I love." airports and I do but I love airports look at all the people coming and going where where could they possibly be coming doesn't doesn't it aren't you interested in their stories and this refugee looked at me and just said I hate Hmm. airports I can go nowhere I have no rights I have no ability to go anywhere and in that moment it just hit me you know as a Canadian with a Canadian passport I can go anywhere and yeah. I have the ability, even if I don't have very much money on it, but my, maybe, you know, I could figure out some, I could pull out my visa card and go somewhere I had, there was no restrictions for me. So privilege, yeah. often yeah. the conversations about privilege, there was privilege and power in both those things. Right. Yeah. So then fast forward living in Lithuania and I'm an English speaker. I have a little bit of German, very little French my french teacher and i really didn't like each other in (laughs) high school like it was mutual so like in lithuania and and you know surrounded by lithuanian and russian people and some of my staff that would come from new new staff would come from north america to this school this this university lcc international university in lithuania and they would want the Lithuanian staff in the lunchroom to speak English, so they could either be a part of the conversation or not feel left out or not feel like they're being talked about mm-hmm. in that conversation. But the Lithuanian staff were absolutely exhausted speaking English all day when their first language was Lithuanian, and really, it wasn't about them. It wasn't about the North Americans anyway. Right. And so, living in other cultures. And living in a language that wasn't my first language and, uh, responding in those and, and realizing, okay, I'm not privileged in this and I shouldn't be, and I shouldn't insist that is my language first, you know? So I guess it's almost like an awakening, like understand who you are, what you, what you are privileged with and what you're not privileged with and, and how to navigate those spaces And then what is important to this person and and how do I communicate what's important to me in a way that can be understood?
4: That kind of answered the question I was going to ask, but I'll see if it sparks anything else. A lot of the conversations that you've been facilitating over the years is in a room that is probably not that diverse, like culturally, or like it's probably a lot of white people, I'm assuming, highly educated white people. Um, so is that, is there something different there? Like I get the cultural context piece and the, the empathy for like, you've had experiences that give you empathy for being the other, Right, right. Right. But when you're in a room with different kinds of power dynamics and is it the same principles just applied slightly differently or are there other, other things to consider? If that question makes sense,
5: yeah, it's a good question. Um, thankfully, things are diversifying, but not fast enough, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. Um, you can you can pull this into just about any kind of. Uh, so they talk, we talk about intersectional understanding of, of frameworks, and so whether it's you know me walking into. Um, Universities Canada meeting, which is all presidents of all the universities across Canada and it's predominantly white men. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) So, or if it is, uh, and and that's, you know, about 25% are now female, but there's even less there's, there's like one or you can count on one hand persons of color Mm -hmm. that are presidents in that space. um, it's, it's probably back to the start of our conversation, thinking of the sort of fractured nature of the way we look at each other. So how how do we how do we see the person in front of us, um, and invite the whole of that person to the conversation, um, and not just a, a black person, but this is you know. Uh, someone who is, yeah. who is much more than that or a white person. This is somebody who's much more than, mm-hmm. than that, that single category. I, I still do inhabit mostly white spaces. That's very, mm-hmm. very true. Our student body is a lot more diverse. Um, our faculty and staff cannot, are, are diversifying, but not as fast. Part of what I, in order to pay for my doctorate, I taught in a master's of organizational leadership program that they sent me all over the world to teach like intensives and then do the rest online, which is a great way to pay for a doctorate if you ever Mm. (laughs) want to go that direction. Um, But I found myself teaching, like I've taught in nine countries and I found myself teaching master's level courses to people in Ethiopia and wondering... What right did I have to be there? Yeah. And in a master's class, I'm always inviting people into the conversation with their understanding. So there were military people, there were mayors, there were all kinds of folks from the social sectors in those classes. And so you're, you're integrating your, your adult learners, people into the content of the course. Like here's the theory, how does it work here? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I look back at those pictures and me, this white person teaching in this black context, what right did I have to be there? Um, and the humbling pieces of that. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, like I, I reflect on that. I don't have any good answers. right? Yeah. But, yeah. but it makes me pause. <laughs>
4: yeah, sure. Yeah.
3: Well, um, I mean, we say this to like almost every guest, but especially for you, Melanie, we can really talk. <laughs> six seven segments one day we'll get a patreon and we'll do like four hour episodes <laughs> um but we should maybe wrap up our talk uh for now um so thank you so much for coming you're for, very welcome being here with us um we're gonna keep you here though for confessions okay perfect. you can't get out that easy yeah Are you guys cool with that
1: oh yeah yeah
4: definitely
3: the more the merrier i hate stopping the conversation yeah but i'm going to for now okay, Excellent. okay. <laughs> <laughs>
4: so this is a kind of a bonus segment that we're adding to this episode um things have come to light since we recorded originally um and before we released this episode so we thought it was worth it to get back together with melanie this time over zoom and just to allow her a minute to share something with us and you so melanie what's the what's the big news
0: well the the big big news is um something that is an absolute game changer for kings um and that is we have received a gift for 20 million dollars from an anonymous donor to be used for the construction of a new science center at kings
4: so did you say like for like 2 million
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah right check your hearing actually it's, it's Times that by 10, $20 million gift. That's
2: amazing. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Chris, you're so generous. And is this the part (laughs) of the show where you tell everybody who who gave you that money?
0: Uh, Oh, you know, I can't. uh, Completely humble, completely humble donor and wants to be entirely anonymous. Wow. So there's actually less than a handful of people who know who this is. uh, So... Um, that's amazing yeah they they really uh their focus what they want it to do is is to um advance the Christian mission at King's. Hmm.
4: that's amazing and and mm-hmm. does that like is this precedented like i don't i don't know it seems to me just unreal crazy that that could happen, but is that normal
0: <laughs> yeah, it's fairly unprecedented in Canada, let's say it's not a very common thing even for uh, the big institutions across Canada, uh, the public institutions or or Christian institutions, this is this is a, a really significant gift. Um, there has been some some of that kind of giving in the states, but it's, it's definitely not common in Canada.
2: Was it the result of like a pledge drive or like door knocking, or it was just like, hey, you know, we want to bless the institution? Or how does the, how do those things come
0: about? Oh, you know, like I could answer that two ways. And some sometimes I think of it as entirely the grace of God, uh, sure. <laughs> and nothing that we can do to to move people's hearts uh, to contribute in this way. Um, but it comes from a lot of planning, actually. So, starting back in 2015, um, we started a strategic planning process, and that worked into, um, a long process of, of working with, uh, you know, I- identifying this would be a strength of Kings and something to build on and move forward. And so hours and hours were spent with different members of the natural and social sciences and a case, uh, for support was, was born. And mm-hmm. so we've been after this since 2015.
2: I kind of wondered if like, if schools are like, Hey, suddenly somebody gave us money and now we're going to build a science wing or it's clearly (laughs) it's in the planning. Like, well, this is what we want to do. And now somebody's supporting us. That's really awesome.
0: Right. Right. It is, uh, um, you know, we've been in feasibility, uh, actually our board gave us permission to take this to, to sort of like the next level. You start off looking for whether, Um, There is support for a case like this within your donor community. Um, And then there's all kinds of stops and starts in there in terms of getting permission from your board to raise money um, to, Mm -hmm. uh, we have, we have a very good set of policies that, that really control next steps. Right. So it's not like we can go and put a shovel in the ground tomorrow. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of, there's a lot of things that have to happen and uh, a lot of things that, Ensure that the institution is both responsible to the gift mm-hmm. uh, as well as responsible to how you carry that out in in a way that honors um, and maintains the mission of the institution
2: It will be announced in other places, I'm assuming, or has it already been announced?
0: Uh, yeah, it kind of hit the airwaves just this week okay okay uh, so I- if you look Edmonton journal. Um, Few other places have picked up on that news. It's a hard news week, uh, yeah. In, in the sense, in the sense, uh, we're we're definitely holding our alumni and our communities and our churches in BC and the Lower Mainland in prayer. Mm-hmm. It has hit the news, and I, I conti- It will continue to, so it's causing ripples.
3: Well, thanks, Melanie. That was a pretty cool way to add a little tag onto the episode. Not many guests get to come back a week later and pick up the <laughs> performance. <know>. Sweet. <laughs> Sounds <that was> really <laughs> enjoyable. So thanks for that. And, um, and now for the listener, our regularly scheduled uh, confession segment should start right about now.
4: All right, welcome to Confessions. Welcome. I'm, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to start, and I've been struggling with this a little bit. I have lots of Kings-related confessions, but I think I'm going <laughs> to hold those off until
5: <laughs> Probably wise.
4: Another episode, but yeah. um, this is, I don't know, just something that happened in the last few days. I have a, um, a flipper, like a fake tooth that I can flip in and out um, as a result of a hockey incident and I am pretty good at keeping track of it. I have to take it (laughs) out to eat, but I I have a a move where I can take it out quickly and slip it into my pocket uh, and then slip it back in pretty quickly and smoothly. But other than that, I I, like it goes into its case and that's it. But the other day um, I lost it and I had no idea where it was. I went to get it from the case. It wasn't there and I, it ruined three quarters of a day. Like, I was obsessed over it. I was on my hands and knees everywhere in the house. Like, because it's expensive and it's... It's expensive and, you like, want, yeah, going out in public without a missing front <laughs> tooth is... Right. I don't know. I'm not really a hockey player, so it's, like, <laughs> sort of embarrassing imposter syndrome. But, like, so I guess the confession is that it, it, like, ruined almost an entire day. And the people around me, like, my family knew that that was all I was thinking about. I was bribing my kids to find it. Um, and as you can see, I do have it in yeah. today. Yes, my son found it in his bag of Lego.
5: Oh, wow! Oh, that's and I
4: interesting. Have, have no idea what? how it got there, but um, so he held it for sure. Me for him, that he put it there. <laughs> yeah. What did he win for that? Well, I did promise, like, all like guys, whoever finds it gets a prize. And he keeps reminding me. He's like, remember, I found your
1: tooth, <laughs> <laughs> like tooth fairy. So, yeah. yeah, opposite tooth fairy. Yeah. Nice so travelers.
4: that's about it. That's the confession. Is that's that I yeah. have a fake tooth. I yeah. lost it. I found it <laughs> in a back. pile of Lego. Yeah. Right.
3: I, 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 that's not. Like, that's a good confession. I've been there where something embarrassing, or at least it was petty, that kind of wrecked a day. Or I, I get that. I get what that. Yeah. feels Yeah. Like.
4: I guess that's more the confession. Ever a body part that, though? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Oh no.
3: <laughs> my confession is I was um, I was shopping with my my two kids in in the superstore in Red Deer. And as I was walking by the checkouts, I noticed a man walking towards us with a, a big kind of winter coat. And it was lumpy. And he mm. was holding stuff. And it was yep. very clear he was stealing. Totally. Like he had his things were in his jacket. And as he walked up to me, I I looked over and I saw a lot of workers where he was going. I'm like, well, th- they're going to they figure this him. out. This guy is clearly shifty-eyed, holding his jacket. And so, he went down one of these sort of like a, a checkout aisle where there was no one working. And I was pretty far away with my kids, and you know how little kids are kind of. I didn't really <laughs> want to, so I had this moment where I'm like, I could probably go and like tell these guys, yeah. and like this guy is stealing, but I but I didn't. I just let it kind of play out, and then I sort of thought, so like I guess what I confess, just two parts. One part I maybe could have told them because he was obviously stealing from them, um, but he also kind of looked a little bit rougher, and I thought, yeah, I have a loaf of bread,
1: like good whatever, good for you, good you, for you man, food. like. Yeah.
3: But then I also read an article about Superstore and their parent company, like not treating their workers very well uh, a couple weeks back. And they're in talks about, you know, their wages and stuff. So I was sort of like, eh, I was even more, I was even more like kind of spiteful. solidarity. Yeah. So (laughs) all of which is to say, I kind kind of wish I had said something because he still stole a bunch of stuff, but I I didn't. And my confession is I didn't tell them. So Superstore, Mm. I'm sorry. I didn't do anything about your loss. Is that a confession? It should is because I think you was think you should have done yeah. something. Should I have done something? I think I should have.
5: Oh, you were prompted, but... Mm, it's one of those... T- it's hard.
2: I'm far away, you know, it just... I think they're not even allowed to ask you if you're stealing until you've, like, left the build. Like, there's weird rules about oh. stores and shoplifting. Hmm. Even though he probably so was. So you're saying anything, wouldn't have done anything anyway. so don't worry about it. You don't it. think so? Okay. Sure. <laughs> I was hoping the confession would be you tackled him <laughs> in the entryway. I thought he was
4: going to go back in and steal some himself. <laughs> if
3: he did it. I I <laughs> it did look easy though. I will say he walked yeah. out. It looked like almost like a cartoon, like how obvious it was, but he got away. Anyway, Melanie, do you have a confession for us?
5: <laughs> <laughs> I do. Uh, so this, uh, this last year and a bit of COVID has been ridiculously hard. And most of the time, I deal with the stress of the job, which is an interesting job to be president of a university. Uh, with a little, little uh, uh, memorable acronym or whatever you want to call it, divert daily, which is like a coffee with a friend. Withdraw weekly, which is Sabbath, and then abandon annually. Uh, as you know, I've been to multiple countries, so I abandoned fairly well nice. usually. Yeah. But you know, with COVID, we you couldn't leave hide. the country. I have like, yeah. nowhere to hide, right? So I got myself a, an inflatable kayak and uh, this summer drop stitch floor. So, yeah, call me if you want to know more about it. But mm-hmm. fabulous, fabulous uh, kayak. And I went to 20 different lakes in Alberta. There's apparently 800. So I've got what? a ways to go. Wow. Yeah, I know. Crazy. Yeah. So my confession is I need to find something to do during the winter. I'm not mm-hmm. going to kayak.
2: No. Have you snowshoot?
5: Yeah, my my confession is I have a new pair of snowshoes that have been in my garage for 2 years and I haven't even oh, tried no. them. So, I think that's maybe like I have to find I have to find that like kayaking, being on the water was mm-hmm. such a mental release for me. Mm-hmm. I just loved it and I would just throw it in the back of my Jeep and off I would go and you know, that was my happy place. I need to find a new happy place in yeah, the winter. That means, yeah. So that's my confession.
3: Yeah. Commit to try snowshoeing.
5: Yes. How about that. Mm, yeah. I'm good with that.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm going to admit something that my wife has been suspicious of for a while. In 2012, I took my family to, uh, well, I, like, you know, as parents, we took our kids to Europe and we drove on the Audubon, which is a really awesome experience. We had a Mercedes Vito, a nine passenger, beautiful van. And for some reason, like the hum of the tires, the speed we were going, everybody fell asleep. My parents were with us at the time, so there was... (laughs) seven passengers i was driving and i just thought i need to know how fast this thing (laughs) can go and i'm on the autobahn like there's no speed limit and so i kind of inched my way up and up and i got to and i've told channa that i only got to 165 but truth is i got to 195 and she woke up (laughs) right when i was like i'm gonna get to 200 i was so excited Um, And she was like, Chris, how fast are you going? Uh, And I think I actually told her 145 and kind of like quickly slowed down. But so I almost got to 200 kilometers an hour. Wow, in a nine-passenger van. Sweet. And at that speed, by the way, cars are ripping by you. Oh like yeah, Lamborghinis, really? they start Ferraris. blinking their
5: lights. Get out of my lane! Yeah. Get out of my lane! Oh,
2: so I stayed are, in the right. There are no limits. That's No the whole limits. Idea. So
5: depends have, on where you are on the auto. Yeah. yeah, but
2: yeah. there's stretches where you just go. One ninety-five. One ninety-five in a nine-passenger, like a big old, and it was like was just it shaking. Smooth. No, no. Does it that was irk like you though? Made like you to, didn't get to? 200? Yeah, like, I mean, sort of. Kind of bugs
3: me you didn't get there. I'm going back. Nice.
2: So Shanna, one ninety five. Yeah. Now you know.
3: Can't wait to hear in the next episode how this conversation goes, Chris. Great. Yeah. It'll go great. <laughs> um, there's a lot of ways to touch base with the podcast.
2: Chris is the expert. Well, we have a website that Tyler's worked furiously on. <laughs> harmoniousgentleman.com. We also have social media uh, that you could probably reach us. Harmonious Gents, which is both Instagram and Twitter. I think so. And We're if also you want to email us yeah hey, you can email gentleman. us you go tyler yeah i'll,
4: I'll say it harmonious Gentlemen at com. we're also on facebook we check very periodically yeah <laughs> yeah but um i will say too
3: if you have a minute and you listen on like apple or podcast if you wouldn't mind giving us a review we'd really appreciate that just like a quick not, not even like typed out just the star review whatever star amount Startup. we deserve yeah kind of helps keep our podcast in the conversation
2: four or five four and a
3: half i mean i would guess (laughs) this one at least this this podcast this this episode (laughs) if you don't give this five what are you listening to um well that's it you guys we're done
4: tyler what do you think we did it um well i'm really grateful that melanie Mm -hmm. is with us yeah that was amazing
5: thanks for inviting me
4: yeah it's really cool that you came my, I was going to pressure my kids to go to King's anyways, but now even even more so.
5: <laughs> nice. Perfect.
3: <laughs>
4: sweet, Awesome. My kids want to go to Trinity. Is that going to be a problem? Yes.
3: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Only I'm a either. graduate there too. <laughs> oh, no. Be able to say bye real quick. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.
4: See you. See you later.
1: Harmonious Gentleness